3: It is time for the Mike Hewitt Show, brought to you by Cyber and Associates. And he is back in his chair with a microphone. He's ready.
2: I got to tell you, I am. Coffee silo is filled. Uh, Folks, my co-hosts, Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski, are both in the studio. And listen, for those folks that have been watching Facebook streaming for a while, we are Facebook streaming, and one of the treats we have today on this episode Miles usually calls in from the great state of, uh, what do you call that, marxist stand or...
1: illinois stand.
2: illinois stand, I was close.
1: I had to re- retreat from the ensuing bankruptcy that's about to occur. Yeah, they're now.
2: getting ready to crumble. Right. I see the lotto people are pulling out. Yep. They said, so you guys don't pay your bills, we're all done. <laughs> but was that a true statement?
1: Uh, the governor's threatening
2: to turn it off unless the... Um, Legislature, the legislature comes, together. comes up now with the, the, with the, the governor is a pseudo-republican right is R- that after a here. way of saying it
1: i well i i call him governor rhino but
2: <laughs> he's a little squishy yeah but at least he's trying to say folks we need to pay our bills right so good for him yeah. Good for him ludwig are you got us on facebook streaming yes sir where is you i'm on the end i am you are That's just a, out of frame You realize if we'd have traded out for Sarah, she'd have been on the camera.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'd tune in. But if I'm on there, I'm afraid people won't tune in.
2: Listen, folks, this week we saw a referendum on Donald Trump. In fact, a pair of referendums. And if I'm counting referendums, that's five. Boys, am I on mark with that? We've had five referendums to date that's what the alleged <coughs> alleged but it's the New York Times <clears throat> and the Washington Post that are labeling these particular congressional races each time so the the New York Times headline news yesterday morning on the internet at least referendum on Donald Trump well then that got pulled off late in the day i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> what they spend on well, that race this week S- 59 million bucks
4: yeah 59 almost 60 million with most and, of it coming from out of state,
2: and you sit and you want I always I can't help but do this. If, if the folks that are on the Uber left are really thinking we should help poor people, if you took the twenty six million that came in from somewhere else and divided it up amongst the poor people at a hundred thousand dollars a throw, if that was really their agenda, first off they'd have probably won, because everyone went, "Wow, is that wonderful, sweet." That's the first part. The second part is they'd have helped a lot of people, maybe, assuming money is what helps. But that that makes me pause and say, is that really their goal? Have I been confused all this time and it ain't about helping poor people or anybody? It's about helping themselves to power? Miles, am I off in the ditch again? No, I think the the one thing
1: that was interesting about this is that this was a district that was predominantly establishment. Re-, re Republicans, and yet, and so that was one of the reasons why the uh, Democrats thought that they might be able to get a uh, stronghold in here, or at least take it away from them, since the Republicans had that seat since '79. I'm I'm, I'm lost a little bit. Tell me again. It's the, so who was
2: the establishment? You're talking about the Republican establishment, pretty much dominated that that area. So you're saying that area is moderate Republican, right? I just want to make sure we're on the same. Same language here. Because
1: (laughs) because Trump just barely won that. that It was like a
2: 1% victory.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So you're actually starting to see, potentially, at least I'll I'll, uh, throw it out, that given that um, she won with a much wider margin, it may be, is the establishment beginning to come around to the reality that they're going to have to deal with Trump at least for
2: another couple of years? Folks, just so you know, we've been debating this for over a year. Cruiser, I'm just not on board with the way you use the word establishment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. That was a, wasn't that the same district that uh, Newt Gingrich hailed from? Yeah, I I don't know if back in the day I would have identified him using your definition of establishment as establishment. Right, he is now, by the way, and yeah. I still like Newt, but he is he's a check writer or a check cashier. My definition of establishment he has certainly become that because that's that's his bread and butter it's how he makes a living right Um, but when i look at that district i'm i i I think there was some pushback on donald trump's um flamboyance for lack of better words and then that's the one percent but my interpretation of the race early this week was that that would suggest that those folks are getting a lot more comfortable with him. right but that doesn't make them establishment (laughs) <laughs>
4: wow. Okay. <laughs> well,
2: chicken and the egg here again, I guess. All right. So let's do the math again. Just make sure I get it, Ludwig. You said it was $59.2 million in total. Yep. All right. And how much of that was spent on the right side of the divide? About four point two. So they spent $54, dollars or, yeah, $45. How am I going to say it again? $55. 55000000 Yep. Are you sure that's the math? Yeah. Because when, when I read these articles, and I tried in prep for the show, reading them, they're so convoluted, I have to sit down with a legal pad, and I didn't have time to write, because they, they do it on purpose this way. Mm-hmm. When you're reading them, they, they they got the numbers all over, and they, they purposely miscombobulate so that you cannot follow who done what. But what you're suggesting to me is that the overwhelming majority of that money was spent by, on the progressive side of the divide. And I say it that way... Because a lot of the money, goes to your point of $26 million from out of state, wasn't the candidate. It was lobbyists. It was uh, PACs, I should say. Hollywood celebrities were, the, were uh, the number one supporters, like Alyssa Milano and some other people. So a lot of those folks are probably were interested in that because they're moving to that district.
4: Yeah, yeah they that's were that's really concerned was, about that th- district. Those
2: folks are moving to that district, just like the Democratic candidate. He was going to move. In fact, I don't have a lot of CNN news reports that are interviews that I can really love. I loved one of them when they were interviewing some a, a female interviewer stopped him on the street. He was going from one event to another. You don't even actually live in the district, so you won't be able to vote for yourself. Is that correct? He says, well, my, my girlfriend is going to college in such and such a town, and I'm trying to do right by her by living with her in that district, in, in that in that community. And the, and the CNN... Um, interviewer paused, She says, Do right by her. So you're you're gonna be you're talking about you're gonna marry her? <laughs> and I thought, Wow, there's a nice, refreshing view of what do right by her means. And of course the Democratic candidate the you got the deer in the headlight look. He absolutely did not know how to respond to that question. Um I as a I can't project myself, but looking at it here in Michigan, I can't imagine voting for a candidate that was currently living Usually, the candidate at least goes through the motions of pretending and moving into the district. I <laughs> He didn't even do that. Now I'm shacking up with my girlfriend somewhere else. I'm not moving there unless I win. It's just a quick two hour walk away. Well, that's not bad.
4: Yeah. Two hour walk.
2: That's not bad. The money to me in politics, though, is, is a little bit fearsome because when you start talking about $60 million in total. Um, that 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 to me is the establishment on both sides. That that kind of money, it tells me who the establishment really is. If we're going to agree that that the establishment's in pursuit of money,
4: my my thing with it is Hillary Clinton outspent Trump by millions, hundreds, tens of millions. Yep. This race here, we see he got outspent ten to one. Yep. Same thing in a Montana. Same thing in the South Carolina race. Same thing. All their their zero and five record of this referendum. Right. They've outspent the Republicans significantly.
2: Right. But for what them as that is not helping l- l- Listen, keep in mind for the left, it's always about money. Yep. Always. That and that's kind of the irony to the entire to the ent- entire entire uh, you know dynamic of of the of the two sides because they'll point to us and say that we're we're rich, we're this, we're that, we're the other thing, but their entire argument is always based on money. Party
4: of the poor. Spending tens of millions on races to win
2: so i 'm going to spend fifty nine point two million dollars total in a race so that I can help the poor yeah. and i go i don 't think I get that math yeah. i don 't I can never get my head around that. They say that a district in Michigan in a challenged circumstance is likely to be a million dollar race that 's what the ma- that 's the rule of thumb here in the great state so i 'm trying to get my head from a million dollars to fifty nine million dollars thinking what what an ugly terrible reach that would be Um, it it says something it says something about the electorate in this time i'm being complimentary that they were able to to keep forward and do what's right we wish, folks i wish you could see miles's (laughs) face (laughs) oh my goodness yeah it's true I, i i gotta tell you they must be just thrilled that that race is over with Folks, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, oh, my goodness, we got some things to talk about. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to The Mike Hewitt Show on News Talk 1090 WKBZ and Talk 1230 WTKG. Renegaderiver.com is new and used firearms, all priced to sell, plus ammo, reloading supplies, optics, clothing, lasers, and, yes, tactical gear, RenegadeRiver.com, family-owned right here in Michigan, because you deserve it.
2: Hey, folks, this is Mike Hewitt, and I need you to listen up. My friends at Cyber & Associates are this month's show sponsors. They are my personal choice, good, honest attorneys providing legal services to people across Michigan. Yes, if you can hear my voice, they can provide you with the legal services you need. My friend and personal attorney, Tom Siver, and his father, Jim Siver, run a solid firm focused on ensuring their clients receive the best, most aggressive legal services possible. That's why they're my law firm, Personal Service. They are general practitioners providing criminal defense, bankruptcy, divorce, general litigation, wills, and so much more. Don't lose your freedom, your house or your children, and don't be taken advantage of anymore. Call my friends at Sivern Associates, 616-261-5800. Tell them I sent you and get your first consultation free. Once again, folks, that's 616-261-5800.
3: Renegade River, guns and ammo and so much more. Old-fashioned service with surprisingly low prices. On M104 at the top of the new 231 Bypass in Nutica, Or find us at RenegadeRiver.com because you deserve it. Now, back to the Mike Hewitt Show on News Talk 1090 WKBZ and Talk 1230 WTKG. The Mike Hewitt Show is a service of CYVER and Associates.
2: Folks, if you are just tuning in, Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski, my co-hosts, all in the studio with us. Listen folks, Miles, Ludwig, both of you. Brian also, by the way, have you have you ever left unemployment before? So you've reached the end of you you've worked for the whomever and when it's time to leave what takes place with your access to their data systems and their emails and do you still get to use your email if you were actually using it when you worked there? What oh. happens to your relationship when you move on from an employer is what I'm trying to ask.
4: Turn in the key card and your email's gone.
2: What you, about you, Miles? You're in the corporate world. What happens in the you, corporate world when you, you move get, on?
4: You get walked
2: out the door. You get walked out. Even if it's a voluntary, right. nice to meet you, here's your cupcake, goodbye. They walk you out, help you carry your box. Right. So do you get to use your email address if you were actually using it no. while you work there? No, normally it cut I'm, off
4: before you're walked out.
2: I'm asking this because I read this big article the other day. And it's about Hillary, maybe may it's a possibility, we don't know the odds, but possibility the word was really leaned on, that she might lose her top security clearance. <laughs> Just, I had to read it twice to make sure that I wasn't injecting my own thought process into the verbiage.
3: As if she still has it?
2: She still has it. And I can't, I can't understand. I honest, I don't. I'm not. Maybe I'm being naive here. But once you're out, why aren't you out? Why would she still have a top security clearance? Forget the fact that I think she's a criminal and that she's incompetent. That's for that's for another time. I don't. I, I'm. It's mind boggling to me that your your security clearance is your. Well, she never used the government email. But, how does that happen? Why is that does someone you guys can someone help me understand why that is well just because you lose your job though, do you necessarily lose your status in Yes other words, in other words if your your job title was whatever it was chief bottle washer and now and now you don't work for the bottle wash company anymore, you are no longer chief bottle washer. Yeah, you I'm, can say I used to be the chief bottle washer, and I used to have a key to that building right. But when I became no longer the chief bottle washer, they took away my key. Right. No,
1: I I I agree with that, but okay, so um I've got a master's degree. Just because I leave an employer doesn't mean I lose my master's degree. I still have that. Right. Now that, I'm not I'm now no longer able to execute on that. And she a, will
2: and she will always be referred to as Secretary Hillary Clinton. Right. She's not going to lose the honor that was bestowed upon her. But that doesn't mean that she should continue having access to top secret files in, in the inner workings of our government yeah, or or any kind of command-level position mm-hmm. within the Department of Justice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I was really – again, folks, maybe I'm being naive. I was stunned that she still has a clearance and access and is able to direct within a body that she no longer is a part of.
4: The access is the, the part that is – Confusing the clearance, uh, wouldn't change based on her just leaving a position because if she wanted to now be an FBI director, she could she'd already have the clearance. And I, I some of my veterans I teach say they go and because they'll have clearance levels at a certain level, they can get hired in somewhere right away because they don't have to pay for that background check and go through the process. So that clearance wouldn't go away, but the access is the thing that concerns me. Why right. would she still have access to highly classified documents, especially? since Comey himself said she was negligent and should never have access.
2: I I think anyone willing to earnestly look, forget politics for a minute, can see that at the very least she was incompetent with handling Mm -hmm. uh, even the most basic things like a government email account. But she didn't have intent, though, Mike. She didn't have intent because her heart is pure as driven snow. That's right. But but I don't I don't understand what kind of policy setup we have on a federal level in terms of national secrecy that once you have it, evidently you've always got it. I think that's willy-nilly in the extreme as a government policy. So for for a moment, I'm not picking on Hildebeest. I guess that's kind of picking on her, isn't it? I'm it's only okay. I'm only saying is this a po-? and by the way, I would say the same thing if we were still back in G. W. Bush's administration and someone left the administration or, or left left a secretarial-level position, that you're done. Goodbye. Go become the chief bottle washer at Acme Bottle Wash Company. But you no longer have access to top secret. It's no wonder, honest folks, it's not a wonder that we hear every single day about new leaks. It's not a wonder. It would be shocking if we didn't have that as a problem, if this is the kind of policy that we have within our federal system that protects our national interests. And that's not a statement by and I was joking when I when I called with that name, but it's not a statement about her, it's a statement about what kind of policy do we have that has this make sense to people. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. If I let you go, if you were my employee and I fired you, or you or we shake hands and you leave on your own accord, I do what you set up front, Miles. We shake hands either way, by the way, and I walk you off the property.
1: So let me ask you a question, then. If Trump wanted to go ask Henry Kissinger his opinion about something and had to provide...
2: I think then that that the president, whether it's Trump or Obama or any of the presidents, I think that they have, contrary to the media, obviously the media doesn't agree with me on my next statement, but I think the president of the United States has the authority... To invite Kissinger in and share with him whatever he feels appropriate to answer the questions he needs answered, so that he can make a presidential decision. Right. But to to extend Henry Kissinger will use him rather than Hillary, to to extend him lifetime access to the nation's secrets. I, I for, and that's not a statement against Henry Kissinger. That's a statement against. That's an insane policy to me. It it really is. And when you when you like I've. I don't know how to re-say it. I just I can't get my head around that. Um, I think that those decisions are on a need-to-know basis. Mm -hmm. And if I need you to know something, if I'm the president and I need you to know something so that I can draw on your experience, that's way different than here's your access card and good luck and happy hunting in our treasure trove of national secrets. I'm just telling you, folks, from my layman's point of view, it is shocking that there isn't more leaks than the steady flow every single day. If that many people have access that have... Think of all the folks that have come and gone out of that office in the last 20 years that are still alive and functioning in politics. They all have office? When I say that office, I'm talking about the State Department, Department of Justice, FBI, all of those high-level high people or cabinet-level people that have come and gone in our lifetime, Miles, especially you, not so much you, Ludwig, because you're such a green pea, but... When, when I stand back and look at it, that's a lot of folks running around with access to our to our data.
1: Well, and then to add add to that, think about of every member of the House Intelligence and the Senate in, in Intelligence Committee; they all have to have a certain amount of access to it, right? So, to your point, if they leave the House or leave the Senate and yep. they still have access,
2: if if they do, right, if they do, we must be dumber than ice cubes. I, that to me is insane, and it gets more insane the more the the higher the pitch of angst in our political culture becomes. So we've been hearing, of course, the way the media would like to put it, the Trump administration has lots of leaks. Well, first off, the media seeks those leaks, so uh, there's gone that's kind of like pointing at the people that gave you the information and saying, look, there's a there's another leak. We didn't have to pay him that much money, but <laughs> but. We have a system that almost demands leaks. When you think about it, it, if that's the policy, then that's a system that demands we have leaks.
1: Right. Well, and and you know leaks have been around since Washington,
2: right? I, but we've never seen it at the pitch. We're seeing it yes. in the last four or five months. Agree. Even even during the Obama administration, there were leaks, but they weren't to this. They they weren't right. to this level. This is mm-hmm. unprecedented. And and the money is flowing, folks. By the way, when you think it's just some somebody inside that wants to get the the, the information out, no, no, the information's being purchased. There's a lot of cash. Remember that fifty-nine point two million. Don't think for a money an, intran- an instant that money doesn't have a direct influence on all of this. Uh, New York Times is not getting meeting people in a parking lot for free and important information. They're buying it. That's that's what I'm saying to you. So. I don't know. I, I hated to blow an entire period on that, but I can't get my head around the idea. It, I, was mind, I really was taken back. Folks, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the military. We'll be right
3: back. This is the Mike Hewitt Show on News Talk 1090 WKBZ and West Michigan's Talk 1230 WTKG. RenegadeRiver.com is new and used firearms, all priced to sell, plus ammo, reloading supplies, optics, clothing, lasers, and, yes, tactical gear. RenegadeRiver.com, family-owned right here in Michigan, because you deserve it. Renegade River, guns and ammo and so much more. Old-fashioned service with surprisingly low prices. On M104 at the top of the new 231 Bypass in Nutica, or find us at RenegadeRiver.com, because you deserve it. This is News Talk 1090, WKEZ, and Talk 1230, WTKG.
2: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: The Mike
2: Hewitt Show is brought to you by RenegadeRiver.com. dot com. Here we go again. Here we go again, folks. If you're just tuning in, Miles Bauer is in the studio helping Ludwig von Wiedendorsky And hi, listen, I got a couple notes during the break. One of them is from Jeff Schwander, who is with the border. I don't know if he's a federal employee. Border, I didn't know, border? No, he's not Border Patrol. Yeah.
4: He's a border agent. At, in uh
2: He's in Port Huron, anyhow. At any rate, he messages. He says, access is removed upon leaving position that required the access. However, your clearance is there until revoked. So that's, and he's clearing me up on that because I I just was so stunned the way the article was written. But then during break, folks, just to be honest here, Miles is asking, what did you do, read that in the New York Times again? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what that meant. And listen, on a different point, I want to get before we dive into Ludwig's topic is someone writes, he's referring to the uh, the uh, Georgia election. He says the rain kept them away. They melt, you know. And Jim Riley, our, our, our old compadre here on the show, he says climate change interfering in our elections. That must stop. <laughs> so at any rate, so Ludwig, you're really worried about our United States military.
4: Yeah, what's
2: the, what's the problem?
4: It, it's outdated. Are you
2: saying we're down to like three 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 rowboats and a canoe or what?
4: Well, some media would make you think that, but
2: yeah, are you are you reading the New yeah. York Times or the Washington Post?
4: Neither, my <laughs> eyes would burn. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, no, I, I listened to... What are we done to, like, 14 aircraft carriers? Yeah, 14. That's not very many. No, and, and China just built one. Yeah, they have one. That's they enough. have one. That's enough. That's enough. I, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around the idea of what military are you expecting? The Reagan
4: military, not the one that Clinton gutted okay, and the, Obama gutted. So
2: the the Reagan military is the one that caused the the collapse of the Soviet Union, some would say. Yes. Okay, so that was, a, was an investment... And not having to keep up the pace of that investment. Is that a fair statement? Yes. So he put such a big hit on them with that surge in our military capacity that they collapsed, and, the, and therefore keeping that capacity because of their collapse was no longer. And I'm, I'm just parroting what I've heard. Is that, is that an appropriate uh, path? Yes, but you can't. Folks, this, you got to see the look for on his face. 30 years, let things rot away and not keep up. Well, it. was it 30 years? Because we were in a 10- or 15-year war, depending on who's telling the story. That had a little impact on it. With Iraq, and you had the first... The people
4: weren't even ready when they went to Iraq. The the, the the Most of the Humvees weren't armored. A lot of the soldiers didn't even have armor themselves because yeah. it had been gutted so bad right? by Clinton... Because we weren't in a Cold War anymore. Right. And when those guys had to fight, we weren't prepared. Okay. And we're still not. If you listen to General Mattis, who I do believe, I understand, yes, his job is to sell funding, but...
2: He wants money. And by the way, I'm not entirely disagreeing with you. I just want you to explain it so that I can make sure I understood. Like Jeff Schwander explained to me that thing that I didn't get. Yeah. So you can be hopefully as succinct as he was. <laughs> It's a little bit
4: easier to explain than
2: the, the military budget. <laughs> millennials will tell you that we spend too
4: much on defense. Right. I, I know this because I, I teach economics at, at school.
2: Do all, when you say the millennials, that's a big, gigantic paint roller. 90% of them. 90%, so 9 out of every 10 in your class. Oh, yeah. What are they basing their facts on?
4: What, the Washington Times? Or the New York Washington Times, Post and the New York Times. I just combined them. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah, they like that idea. What difference does this make?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so because of what they're hearing in the media, we're spending too much.
4: Yeah, not enough on uh, human services, you know, welfare services.
2: Miles, do you have any idea what we're spending on the military? I was going to say, I thought wasn't it uh, Medicaid or Medicare is the largest expenditure, yes. yeah, of right. the entire budget, right by far. Yep. Defense yeah. is
4: third, but those two are the number one.
2: And the reason I'm asking is because, frankly, the three of us are fairly involved in watching this and engaging in the topics, and I I couldn't put a number on it. And the reason I'm I'm wanting to highlight that is that if we can't put a number on it, it's it's very unlikely that your ninety percent folks. The, the majority of that 90% can put a number on what is too much or not enough either. Mm-hmm. I don't When it comes off to talking about these budgets, I don't know what I'm talking about. The difference is I'll be up front with you. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I think don't think they do either. The defense budget is $400 billion. Yeah, folks, Miles liked that a lot when I said that big grin busted out <laughs> on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the average person does know this math. I just don't. So when we get off into these debates in the public arena, that was my new invention for that, When in the public arena when we're off into these debates and pe- people are passionate, we don't know what we're talking about. I, I'm just being blunt here, but the average person, myself included, doesn't know this math. We can say it's third on the list because we read that in the Washington Times or Post. I don't know whether, I have no idea whether that's even true or not. Well, and it's, it's non-discretionary spending. So it's it's not something
4: that can be uh, really adjusted on its own year to year. It's part of the, discretionary, or the non-discretionary spending budget.
2: Usually when folks get off into military budget spending, what they're really doing is making an ideological statement. Yes. That's what they're really doing. And so I've said on this show, and I passionately will say it again, and I don't know the numbers, I'll tell you up front. I want the strongest military the world has ever seen defending our borders and our borders only. Yeah. That's what would happen if if i were the president as much as congress would allow me they probably wouldn't work with me mm. any more than they're working with president trump but to me that's what the purpose of a military is it's defend it is to defend sovereign borders and the citizenry therein nothing else is what that military is supposed to do that's how i see it yeah um, i'm a non-interventionist through and through and that's one of the reasons i like trump during the campaign is that that was some of the things that he advocated for but it's an ideological statement when I make that and I'm earnest enough to say that's my ideology. Whereas they're off trying to debate budgets, I don't have a clue what they're talking about.
4: Yeah. I I what I see and what from what I've read and heard from people in the military, I've read on the news, heard on the news that we have planes that are not functioning. Right. Because they're old and we're using parts from even museums to function to put into planes. Uh we're watching uh Deficit in number of troops readied, according to Mattis, we only have three battalions available at a moment's notice to go. To go where? If we had to go to war. If listen, if we were attacked, I, we only have three the, battalions.
2: I think the media is trying to ratchet up, ratchet up some fear, and and folks. That's just, out of his mouth. That's I, I the, get real. that, but but listen, we, there's two functions going on here. There's. Miles once said there's too many players and each one has their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's at play here. His function is to build the military. That's what his charge is. So to think that he would say anything else would, would be shocking. He's, that's what he's got to say to achieve that. The press, on the other hand, wants to raise angst against President Trump and say that he's incompetent, he's not ready to lead this United States of America. And one of the tools that they're doing that is is to make Putin look like Putin is some big, gigantic Soviet Union. Folks, that's not Russia anymore. No, anyone that wants to, as I always joke, get on Google and type in. I told you this yesterday, Ludwig. Get on Google, type in Soviet military, and then go to images, and you'll see endless scenes of of absolutely rotted out former Soviet military. Russia is not the Soviet Union, even though the mili- the, the media in America will like us to believe that Putin is. Khrushchev or Lenin, or he's he's on that, and he's not, neither are they anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just a different topic nowadays. So, the reason I wanted to go ahead with this topic you've been wanting us to talk about is I think the media has raised the angst in you. They've caused you to be afraid, and you're chasing shadows when the only thing they're trying to do is find another way of beating up on President Trump. Folks, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to. What'd you say? Two he said, no, we're not no. two minutes.
3: I gave you the peace sign, Mike.
2: Oh, I thought it was Richard Nixon over there. <laughs> Good, because I wasn't done with that topic Our anyhow. buddy Luke
4: Matthews said that the Humvee armor was created by a uh, uh, National Guardsman.
2: That they invented it. Yeah, because they, they then, were over there, i In, assuming, in, in the field, it. they started baking it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
4: My thing is, I don't think... We need to advance what we have, not just... It means retiring things and recycling them to build new, but China is building a military to be a blue, open, uh, what's it called, a blue navy.
2: They got one aircraft carrier.
4: One. It only takes one to get started. Yeah. They didn't have one for how many thousands of years? Miles What do you got, Miles? No, no.
1: I, th- this is a long, drawn-out question, and I would need more than 20 <laughs> seconds to... <laughs>
2: To add it. Well, it'll <laughs> dovetail perfect into the Enigma report. Is it real now? Is it time?
3: Yeah, it's time.
2: Oh, my goodness, folks. You don't have no idea <laughs> I was, what i I was waiting. That's why it's time. <laughs> folks, we're, we're going to go to that break I was promising. We'll be right back.
3: Renegaderiver.com is new and used firearms, all priced to sell, plus ammo, reloading supplies, optics, clothing, lasers, and, yes, tactical gear. Renegaderiver.com, family-owned right here in Michigan, because you deserve it.
2: Hey, folks, this is Mike Hewitt, and I need you to listen up. My friends at Siver and Associates are this month's show sponsors. They are my personal choice, good, honest attorneys providing legal services to people across Michigan. Yes, if you can hear my voice, they can provide you with the legal services you need. My friend and personal attorney Tom Siver and his father Jim Siver run a solid firm focused on ensuring their clients receive the best, most aggressive Legal service is possible. That's why they're my law firm, Personal Service. They are general practitioners providing criminal defense, bankruptcy, divorce, general litigation, wills, and so much more. Don't lose your freedom, your house or your children, and don't be taken advantage of anymore. Call my friends at Cyvern Associates, 616-261-5800. Tell them I sent you and get your first consultation free. Once again, folks, that's 616 616-
3: Renegade River. Guns and ammo and so much more. Old-fashioned service with surprisingly low prices. On M104 at the top of the new 231 bypass in Nutica, Or find us at RenegadeRiver.com because you deserve it.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper?
3: Now, back to the Mike
0: Hewitt Show, a News Talk
3: 1090 WKBC and Talk 1230 WTKG. The Mike Hewitt Show is brought to you by RenegadeRiver.com. It is back, the Enigma Report
2: Listen folks, if you're just tuning in, Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorsky, my co-hosts are going to help me stumble my way through an enigma. Um, my question for us today, when, I'm, when I look across the culture, doesn't matter which side of the divide you're at, where you're at on the political sphere, etc., you got to pause and say there's some really rapid changes that have certainly happened in the last year, maybe the last eight, nine years. But but even more so, at least from Miles and my point of view, in our lifetimes, and and it causes me to pause and say, what's the driving force here? And one of the, in fact, we bantered around in the last in, before the last break uh, about Russia and who, the Soviet Union. But I've been wondering for some time now: is the collapse of the Soviet Union and the loss of that example as what not to be, and that common enemy? Part of the phenomenon and the change in our culture here. What say you, gentlemen? Miles, start with you.
1: Um, I don't. I I can't see the see the connection there. I mean, I can see where if you don't have a a bad guy mm-hmm. to to point at symbolically.
2: Sure, we don't have a guy beating on the podium saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna bury you." Right. You and I are not being trained, or our children were not being trained to hide under a desk because of a nuclear fallout. I, I think those right. things have a big impact on making, you, making the United States more united because we had a common enemy. Right. If you look back at the differences in the political parties 1960, just to pick a time, I mean, frankly, Richard Nixon and, and, uh, and Kennedy, well, they weren't as far apart politically as, say, Bernie Sanders, who, who really won the nomination for the Democrats, and Trump those those differences are gigantic now compared to the issues that they were debating about but
1: has the left recreated the bad guy in the in with the
2: idea of quote unquote climate change is that the, I think the they I think they've tried to solve that yeah but the problem with it is is that if you look at any of the polling, and I'm not a big polling guy anymore, as we've joked about on <laughs> We don't a lot have any path here. to 270. <clears throat> no path he cannot possibly win. And then you get all <laughs> the teary-eyed faces. But uh, obviously the polling lies. But when when I, in at least in my world, and this is probably different in your world, given that you're from Chicagoland and Ludwig you're immersed in academia, the folks in my world at least... And that's the only thing I can possibly depend on. They don't believe the climate change is real. They think it's all about regulation and taxation. Period. That that the rest of it is just a mechanism like like the carrier signal that allows you to hear our voice. It's no more, no less. It's a carrier signal for a different agenda.
4: Man made climate change, they probably don't believe. Okay. They probably believe in climate change. Everybody, it's kind of hard to. Deny. But climate
2: always changes. Exactly. That was but that, that was the that was the fun part about them shifting from global warming to climate change. Yeah. Climate is by by its nature is going to change. Yes. I mean, our we've talked about that. We've done an entire episodes on the fact that it's changed multiple times just since our own founding here in the United States. There's a roughly a thirty thirty five year cycle. There's a hundred year cycle. There's a whole bunch of different cycles. That have absolutely nothing to do with my Jeep. I don't. To Miles's point, I I, I think you're probably right that their that their agenda, that their hope was, was to have that be the common fight. But I don't even think a lot of their own side buys into it as a real fearsome thing. Certainly, the younger folks goes to Lugwood's point, maybe buying into it a lot more. Um, but, but I would love to see some honest polling on it. No, I, I, I don't. I, really I,
1: I don't think. You know, al, al Gore et al. By the way, Madam, Madam Never Trumper told me that I say the hair on fire committee too much, so I'll alternate back between the tinfoil hat committee and the hair on that fire seems, committee. That
2: seems reasonable. Yeah. That's like my arena of ideas. Now it's just the public arena. That's right. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm trying. There uh, you I'm go. trying here, folks.
1: No, I, I, um, I don't think Gore is worried. I think that's why he bought that beachfront house in California. I don't really think he thinks the oceans are going to rise. Well, he's
2: made himself a billionaire.
1: Right, exactly. <clears throat> but if they can leverage political gain and financial gain out of it, right. and, and they can sell it to a younger generation that will only get older and older, right? Then they so can, the philosophy they in the classroom in. today
2: will be the philosophy in, in government tomorrow. A little, right. little Abe, Abe Lincoln reminding us of how this stuff actually works. Right. I, I guess perhaps you're right. But it's fascinating to me that they can sell a non-science as a science and have and have a lot of folks buy into it. I'm I'm still amazed at the 15,000 emails that got hacked and published, that demonstrated scientists exchanging which word would move this debate better and how to how to make the models create the desired political effect. I'm shocked that that didn't derail this entire thing.
4: I think the best line of all of this always is <clears throat> the science is settled. It is. It's, it's, it's not, not possible. True. Science cannot be settled. Science is a, a, a method of hypothesis, trials, theories. There There is no settle in science. So to say the science is settled
2: right, is the most idiotic phrase
4: I've ever heard.
2: I, I, yeah, to, but to their point, I, I think it's been demonstrated that it's political and not scientific. Exactly. So from that part, in my mind, at least it is settled, yeah. to use their word. <clears throat> but to the greater point of the enigma... I, a, Ludwig, what say do you? Do you think the collapse of the Soviet Union is part of the paradigm we're seeing going on in our culture today?
4: Yeah, I, I do. And the sad part is we should have had a common enemy come 9 11.
2: And we did for a very
4: short period of time.
2: That's when, when 80% of the people thought G.W. Bush did a great job and everyone loved his response until they went, wait, wait, that's, that's a problem. Wait yeah. a minute
1: now. 45 yep. days after 9 yep. 11, the Oakland City Council. Yeah. Headed up by now, Governor Moonbeam. Yep, condemned any type of
2: military response. Right. Okay. Well, that's so that's,
1: that, that's 45 days after that, 9/11. That
2: element's always been there, but right. he, but even right now on a grander scale, you've got the Bernie Sanders followers. Not all of them, so let me put my broad brush away. But but many of them are calling for a, a replacement party to the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, they're very fractured, and we're seeing that in all of these never-ending referendums on Trump in their preparation to take a pounding in 2018.
4: Will we ever have a enemy like that again?
2: Soviet with Union? The
4: social, with the way the media... Is, uh, so fast, so fast, so fast. Will yeah. we be on to the next thing? We'll be on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Will we ever have that that common enemy again?
2: You mean like the Soviet Union? Yeah. I, I It's hard to say. I, I went To your one of your points you made early on, the ch- Chinese... Are are making a pretty big stride to be a world power. Right now, we're seeing the exercise of soft power in our economic markets and in our political arenas. So they're absolutely they they don't folks don't ever take them lightly. Are they the Soviet Union that was before? I I don't think that because what I'm seeing from China, at least how their approaches and that's part of the soft power equation, is they don't appear to have the aggression that the Soviet Union... They weren't standing at a podium pounding their, pounding their shoes saying, we're going to bury you.
4: No, but they are in the South Pacific Island, taking over islands in Japanese territory and saying, what are you going to do about it? Because if the U.S. steps in, we'll, we'll we'll destroy them economically. And if you step in Japan, we can destroy you militarily. So what are you all going to do about it? They're, they're crafting a little... But, but you yeah. can see throughout history,
1: uh, countries will poke as far as they can poke until right. they get a substantive re- response, and all of a sudden they just back away. Yeah. So they're not really looking for full-blown, full-scale war. No, I don't think They're China just going to try to push you as far as they can.
4: Yeah. And I, I do think that's China. They're not trying to push us all the way. Right. But when you had eight years of somebody who let them continue to poke and poke and poke and poke, did they poke too far already? And we'll see if, with Trump with the negotiations.
2: Trump seems to like whatever relationship he's got with him. In fact, the irony of that is is that the Uber left is still trying to sell the Putin-Trump relationship, when in reality it looks like he's got a greater relationship with the president of China.
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, meanwhile, they got the power flybys from Putin, which is what's scaring you.
4: Yeah, I, I do think it's not, it's not that it scares
2: me. Folks, he was scared. I'm just saying. I
4: was. I had a blanket, my thumb, I <laughs> my thumb, called my mom. But yeah. It, what was worrisome was it didn't even say that they would attack our planes. They would attack the coalition, the U.S. led coalition. So if they shot down a Saudi plane, would that get a response from us to where now it's not a proxy war, it's yeah. now head on?
2: It is the Peacock effect. Putin is not the Soviet Union, but he would love to tell his people that he's the Soviet Union, and he would love to tell the world that the Soviet Union is back. Yeah. All of that said, it's still the Peacock effect. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. He's got
4: little man syndrome.
2: He does. Miles Bauer, thank you very, very much for, for uh, shipping yourself in from the, the lost city of Chicago to be on the air with us today. Give you your passport? No problem. Do you have? Yeah. Were, were they going to let you back across the border?
1: I don't know. They'll do a <laughs> couple background checks, I think, to let me back in.
2: Hope they're, both, hope they're better than what they do for vetting of, of folks <laughs> coming to the United States. Folks, follow us on Twitter at TalkMikeHewitt and on Instagram at TalkMikeHewitt. And also on Facebook forward slash the Mike Hewitt show.
1: You know, Twitter looks so much different in studio than it does out of studio. Doesn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, <laughs> oh, shame on them. Folks, thank you very, very much, and we'll talk to you next week.
3: Renegaderiver.com is new and used firearms, all priced to sell, plus ammo, reloading supplies, optics, clothing, lasers, and yes, tactical gear, RenegadeRiver.com, family-owned right here in Michigan, because you deserve it. Renegade River, guns and ammo and so much more, old-fashioned service with surprisingly low prices, on M104 at the top of the new 231 Bypass in Nutica, or find us at RenegadeRiver.com, because you deserve it.